0: Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, we are talking all about how to get the floral and decor you want at a price you can afford. I know that a lot of people, when they start planning with Disney, they start to worry about Disney prices, and floral and decor are traditionally one of the pricier aspects of a wedding. So today, I have invited Disney bride Alexia Braddock on the show to talk about this because she is actually a professional florist and has a lot of great tips that are specific to Disney's fairy tale weddings. Welcome Welcome Alexia. Hi, great to be here. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Can you tell me a little bit about your background as a florist? Sure. Well, my first job was at
1: a flower shop. I was about 15 years old and I worked there all throughout high school and through college. And when I was done with college, I ended up going back and
0: I've been a floral designer ever since. And that was, that was 13 years ago. That's fabulous. When somebody starts to plan a wishes event at Walt Disney World, what are the basic floral decisions that you have to make during the planning session?
1: Well, I would say even before the planning session, the most important thing is to get the color palette for your wedding. If you don't have your bridesmaids dresses, and you don't know what the main color of your wedding is going to be, there's really not any point of even going to talk about your flowers. It's, It's so often that brides will come to us And they don't even have their dresses picked out yet, in which case you really work the entire wedding around that color. So I'd say it's definitely the most important thing is to have the color and also to have a basic budget. I find that girls don't do enough research on how much flowers cost. They're expensive now, but they've always been expensive. And they get all these ideas from you know, the floral designer that you're speaking with and they get very excited for these centerpieces that they're talking about and, you know, maybe altar pieces and bouquets and all these different kinds of flowers that they want to use that maybe they saw on Pinterest and then they get the bill and it's very disappointing. Right. So I definitely say that those are some of the most important things. Decisions to make beforehand is really to figure out how important flowers are to you and what your budget for them is because I feel like so many people don't factor the budget for flowers, they, they factor the catering and they factor the DJ or the band and flowers are always kind of put on the back burner to the last minute. I think that a lot of girls forget to budget for them. So I definitely say, think of a budget while you're in the planning session. It's great to choose at least a couple flowers that are important to you to have in your bouquet as well. So I think that's a really good decision to make while you're there hopefully you have pictures. I know a lot of girls use Pinterest and it's, it's great for some things. And and sometimes it's, it's not so great, but one of the great things that it does do is it kind of allows the floral designer. If you've gathered a bunch of pictures of bouquets to kind of get a feel for what you like, there's definitely a few different types of designs that girls can like. Some girls lean more towards the cascading bouquets. Some girls go more towards like the roundy moundy kind of bouquets where maybe it's a couple dozen roses, you know, all, together and then some girls kind of go for those nice loose airy bouquets like have been very popular lately so it's great to give the floral designer that you're speaking to a feel for what you like so that's very important um
0: yeah yeah and i would say that having just recently worked with disney floral on our anniversary party what i found at least with my floral planner was that if you show them a picture on pinterest be prepared to be specific about what in that photo you like. Because if I just showed her one and said something like this, and she said, oh, so you mean you want a bowl that looks like it's made out of a log? And I was like, no, 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 I don't care about the bowl. I only want the flowers. So-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a great point because that bowl, if they had found it for you, or maybe they hired someone to make that for you, it would have been $200 <laughs> just for the bowl. Who knows, right? So I, I definitely agree with you there. I always ask brides that um, – you know, what is it about in this picture that you like? Is it the colors? Do you necessarily need, you know, this variety of peonies? Like, what exactly do you like about this? And most of the time, they're like, oh, no, I just like that it has orange in it. You know, <laughs> like, it's like, oh, okay. Or I like this because I I love cow lilies. They're my grandmother's favorite. You know, that that tends to be the conversation that really unfolds after that. But I think it's good to have a bunch of different kinds of pictures all together because maybe you'll pull a picture and say, I want this exact bouquet. but ranunculus aren't available this time of year. So
0: you're not going to get this exact bouquet. Right. And that's a good point. We're going to talk about that in a second, about what's in season when, because that can have a big impact on the price of your bouquet.
1: Mm -hmm. And you know what? Just one more thing, touching on what to do beforehand. My boss now has been doing this. She grew up in a flower shop. She's about 10, 15 years older than me. And she said the best thing that she always told brides to do was to make a list of everything that they could possibly want at their wedding. And then cross off about 10 of those things and prioritize the rest. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I think that people get this idea of what they think that their wedding is going to look like in their heads. You know, especially when you see things on Pinterest, things are so overdone and things are staged and they look really incredible. But a lot of times in reality, it would cost like $20,000 to do that. No one in their right mind is going to do that. (laughs)
0: Right, right. Well, let's talk about prices really quickly. I'll give you some basic starting prices for items purchased through Disney. Now, one thing we are going to talk about in a second is that depending on your location, you actually don't have to use Disney for your floral and decor, but those locations are pretty restricted. So we'll go into that in a second. But for right now, if you are using Disney floral and decor, their bridal bouquets started about $250. Their bridesmaids bouquets started about 125 125 boutonniere start at 1150 the corsages for the mothers about $25 ceremony altar arrangements they say start around $200 and a hoopa for the altar starts at about $250 now something to know with disney and i would imagine with any floral company is that you can negotiate and you can set a price point that you're looking at so for instance, you know, they say that a bridal bouquet starts at 250 Well, you could tell them, I only want to spend 200 What can I get for that? And they can give you an idea. It might not be the kind of flowers that you want. And we'll talk about that in a second, which flowers are more expensive. But another idea, like for my centerpiece, for my anniversary party, I just gave them a flat budget and said, you know, this is what I like. I want it to cost this much. And then they came back with ideas of things that they could put in it that would keep the price at my price point.
1: I think that was a great idea, I really do, especially because you kind of play this price game where the designer might say, oh this would look fantastic, let's do this and before you know it you can be really outside of the budget and make the person uncomfortable without even realizing you're doing it. So I definitely think it's great to have a budget and have a really good idea of what you want in your head to spend. Now. That being said, I mean, it also needs to be like reasonable, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you, you don't want to skimp. I will say the biggest thing you don't want to skimp on is, is the bridal bouquet. And I always try to tell girls this when they really start moving money around and they want to put more money into their centerpieces and less into their personal flowers. The picture of you and your husband and your bridal bouquet is probably going to be hanging on your wall for the rest of your life. Those those flowers. I mean, really think about it. That's what you see when you see a picture of a bride, and her husband is typically the the bridal bouquet is included in that photo. So I think that's definitely the most important, and should be the centerpiece of the entire wedding. Also, that being said, I think that girls get a little too excited about their bouquet of every single specific thing they want in and it, and it kind of drives up the price. As far as Disney's concerned, I I agree. I've seen them start around two fifty. I've also seen them go up as high as in the five hundreds which it's it's very excessive. But also they're asking Disney for something very specific and Disney is coming back with them at the price that it's going to cost. So I think if if the conversation of price comes into it during the consultation, you'll make for a, a very happy floral designer as well as a very happy bride.
0: Right. Yeah. Now let's talk about season because the season has a big impact on which types of flowers are available and how much flowers cost. Can you give my listeners a quick rundown of which popular flowers are available in each season? I would say probably the flower
1: that I get asked the most about when it's in season is a peony. (laughs) Seems to be a bride favorite. I guess it always has been. Peonies typically run May, June, July, that's really like their prime season. And even during that season, they can be about 9 to $15 a stem. So they definitely run pretty high. You can get them sometimes in the fall. But again, it's, it's coming from a different location. And the quality isn't always as good. And the price can definitely be high. So that's really the season for those. This is May, June, and July. And then tulips, anemones, and ranunculus typically run about April to December. So there really isn't too much of a time that they're not really available. Right around now actually is really the best time for ranunculus, anemones are beautiful right now as well and tulips are just coming back into season. So now is really the best time for those. And again, the flowers are a bit smaller just naturally and they do run anywhere from about, anemones and ranunculus usually about $4 to sometimes even closer to like $8 a stem. And then dahlias I know are asked about a lot as well. And their season is usually about July to maybe like mid-October. Sometimes you'll get lucky and they'll go into November. And um, dahlias vary so much. The size varies. There's such an unpredictable flower. And the price on those can definitely vary as well. Sometimes they can be as inexpensive as $3 a stem all the way up to $9 a
0: stem. Wow. Are there any flowers that are pretty much available (laughs) year-round?
1: Absolutely, and I always encourage brides to be interested in those, certainly. Um, Hydrangea, unless it's a really specific variety, but your basic white, blue, green, they'll run all year long, as well as Hypericum, the little berries that you see oftentimes accenting, that runs all year. Calla lilies, most roses, I would say almost all roses run all year long, so I would say those are probably the most popular for... For brides, as well as cymbidium orchids and dendrobium orchids. They run all year as well, tropical flowers.
0: Okay. So then what are some good lower cost substitution flowers? Like if you want peonies, but they're too expensive, try this instead. I would say a good substitution. I know a lot of girls have been going with garden roses
1: because like I said, they're usually available all year. And garden roses, they can be less expensive, but the price of them varies so much It is incredible. There are some that are priced close to what standard roses are, and then there are some
0: that are priced almost $15 a stem. Wow, It's unbelievable. It really is. Well, and I've heard that Disney will require you to buy an entire box of them in order to use them, so then the price is so high anyway.
1: That's very believable. Absolutely. The thing with garden roses is that they come in minimums, and if you're asking for maybe five different color garden roses, they have to buy the bunch, the entire bunch of each color. So uh, without a doubt, I'm sure that they are absolutely charging the bride for all of the ones that they have to purchase. That would make sense to me. Some standard roses do look similar to a garden rose and definitely have the petal count and they open nice and large like garden roses do. And I think it's a conversation that you need to have with your florist is that you would like the look of a garden rose maybe from a standard rose and what kind of rose could they recommend in that color palette to bring the price down.
0: And for listeners who aren't familiar with the difference between garden roses and standard roses, can you kind of describe that? If anyone knows the difference between say like
1: an heirloom tomato versus a regular tomato from a hothouse. It would be the same kind of idea. Garden roses typically come from varieties that are very old and they open up almost like Victorian style. If you can imagine maybe what a Victorian rose would look like, it's just definitely a different kind of variety. It's more of like an heirloom sort of variety. Does that make sense? That makes sense, right?
0: Yeah. And I think another distinction I see is More in the past, not so much lately, but often you will see girls who get a full rose bouquet and the roses are all still closed, almost like buds, and then they are not happy with it. So what can you do to make sure you don't end up with one of those?
1: You know, it's funny that you say it because you get either or. It's very difficult. Either you'll get a girl who the roses will open up beautiful and you think they're gorgeous, so you use them and they'll say, all these roses were blown open. I didn't like them. And then, if you use roses that are tighter, they'll say, My roses never opened, and they're unhappy about it. (laughs) So, there's just, it's just always, right now, everything seems to be pictured open. And that is the difference usually between a garden rose and a standard rose, is that some roses just don't open. They come in looking like that, they open up very little, and they will eventually wilt looking the same. So oftentimes the reason why people like garden roses is that they open up very large and they have so many petals on the inside. They're beautiful. They're very interesting to look at. But there are some standard roses that will open up the same. It's just, again, a conversation you have to have with your floral designer because it's just trial and error, just getting in different roses and becoming familiar with the different varieties because there are hundreds. Wow.
0: So then what are some other substitution flowers like are hydrangeas good for like that big blousy peony look or maybe I hate to say carnations because I know people hate them but if you were going to go for a mum or something that was sort of spiky are there other low-cost alternatives like that? I think carnations are beautiful
1: and carnations come in these beautiful lavender and purple colors that very few other flowers come in the same shade. So it's definitely something that I know had like a bad name for itself, but it's certainly coming back into style. Even at the Philly Flower Show last year, there were so many purple carnations everywhere. So I I definitely think that's going to come back in. And it's a great alternative. And even if you don't like the flower itself, sometimes it's nice to have those different color carnations in your bouquet kind of underneath just to layer in some different color. So I think they're great. Mums too. In fact, mums are, are great. Some mums, some Cremones or spider mums even look very close to dahlias, and if you had dahlias, maybe say you're in your bouquet, and you wanted a similar look in your centerpieces, I think mums would be a fantastic alternative. They're usually larger, and they're definitely a lot less expensive.
0: Interesting.
1: And then hydrangeas, another thing to touch on with hydrangeas, I'll get a bride every now and then that will love hydrangea and wants to do a bouquet or maybe centerpieces with hydrangea, and. Um, like we spoke about before, white hydrangea, blue hydrangea, the mini green hydrangea, which I'm sure that you've seen before, they're in season all year and the price is always pretty much the same. White and blue hydrangea usually run 5 to $6 a stem, which I know sounds like a lot, but they're actually very large flowers, so they take up a lot of space. And then the green usually run anywhere from like 3 to $4 a stem, but then you get girls in that want pink hydrangea and purple hydrangea, and what they don't realize is similar to the garden roses, they're like these heirloom kind of varieties, and those can run up to $15 to $18 a stem. Wow. So it's a big difference. It's a big difference.
0: Okay. So any other requests that tend to drive prices up that people might not think of? I would say being too specific.
1: Like We discussed earlier, being too specific. I need to have this and I need to have that. Like we talked about before, maybe possibly it's not in season and they're trying to get it from a different source it's not really in season for that time of year. So that's driving the price up or maybe using too many different kinds of flowers in one bouquet. Cause again, like we spoke about before, they have to buy all those bunches. And I think for the most part, Disney floral is not, it's not a running flower shop. Like the shop that I, I work at, we have customers all day. We have You know, we have everyday work, we have funeral work. If we order too much for a wedding, we can always use that in our everyday work. I don't think Disney has as much volume. I don't think that they can really count on using those extra flowers. Interesting. Yeah, so I definitely think that's one of the reasons why their prices, I mean, I'm sure that it's no secret. They're a lot higher than other shops. Right. I have to assume that's why they really can't count on using that overflow. They really have to charge for all of it.
0: And another way to save money on floral and decor if you're Reception is in a ballroom at one of the convention centers. You can use an outside florist. And a lot of times people are worried, you know, oh, well, how will they know what to do and where to go? Most of the major outside florists in the Orlando area do a ton of work at Disney all the time, so they know exactly where to go. They are even hired by Disney to do things like the arrangements at the different resorts. So there's no inconvenience involved there, and usually you will either spend less or you will get more bang for your buck. But convention centers are the only place place where you can do this. Now for personal floral like bouquets and boutonnieres, you can bring those in at any location, even if you're in a theme park. So if you did want to have an outside florist make all of your bouquets for you and your bridesmaids, that might be a good way to save money. If you just need a bridal bouquet, probably you're not going to save so much that it's worth going with an outside vendor, but that's just one way that you can save money on floral and decor. Alexia, do you have any other tips, maybe lesser known or unusual ways to save money on floral and decor? Well, you know, it's interesting. You were talking
1: about the difference of, um, I wasn't aware that you could only use an outside florist in the ballroom. And to me, that actually does make perfect sense. One of the reasons why we chose the Living Seas is because it's, it's so beautiful on its own. Not too much was really needed to decorate or to... We didn't need very much in the Living Seas because it's so beautiful on its own. Right. In a ballroom, it's just going to look like a ballroom for the most part, even if you add centerpieces, unless you stage the entire thing, which would cost an unbelievable amount of money. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, the Living Seas is already beautiful. The American Adventure Rotunda is already beautiful. I I feel like if you're paying, what is the fee, like $500 for the Living Seas? Right. It depends on the venue. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One of the reasons we chose there is that it was so gorgeous to begin with. There really wasn't too much decorating that needed to, to happen. So that was definitely one of the reasons why we chose there. Another one of the lesser known ways... I know that you were talking about renting things like linens and, you know, different kinds of rentals from any companies or from the florists. And one of the things that I was going to say was that most of the time, things that you want to rent from them, unless it's tables and chairs, you can absolutely find cheaper online or even in like something like a Christmas tree shop or a Marshall's um, lanterns that you rent from florists. I know that they can charge anywhere from like $15 to $40 for a lantern rental. And when I worked at another florist, we were getting them from Christmas tree shop for $8. Wow. So I mean, it's a big difference. And even when we went to a rental place, we had a party here at home. I live in New Jersey. I found beautiful the Chevron striped tablecloths that I wanted to rent from them. It was going to be $40 a table for the 72 inch rounds. I ended up going on tablecloths.com and I found the exact same tablecloths for eight fifty each.
0: Wow. So I ended up purchasing them. Wow. And that's another great tip for anyone who's in a ballroom because you can also do your own floral and decor. So if you have family members who are willing to run in and set things up before you get there, then maybe, you know, bring your own lanterns. But again, that's tricky when you're in the park because they're not going to let you do that.
1: Absolutely. And I definitely suggest going online and finding your own linens. Absolutely. The amount that they charge to rent linens is incredible. You can find the exact same ones that they're using online for much less. I can almost guarantee that.
0: Interesting, yeah. Now, if you are in a location where you have to use Disney floral and decor, you can go online to sites like Jamali Gardens and Linen Showroom. Another one is Connie Douglin Linens, and I'll put the links to all of these in the post for this episode. These are the resources that Disney actually uses, so you can see what's available to you. I find that a lot of times when I'm working with Disney, I'll say, uh, "What do you have in Mercury Glass?" and they'll send me like one picture. So if you go to Jamali Gardens. Or I think another one is Save on Crafts. You can see the types of mercury votives or glasses that are out there. And then you can ask them about that. And they'll say, oh, yeah, that'll cost X, Y, or Z. It's also a great way to find out what the different colors of linens are. So if you want to have a silk table runner or something, you can see, oh, they have it in these five colors. And Disney can get all those colors. Are you allowed to provide them with your own containers, Disney? It seems like it depends on your planner. Like I have seen weddings where, you know, they had a wedding at American Adventure Rotunda where you're not allowed to bring in anything on your own. Their floral planner let them bring them the vases and then they could take them home. But I feel like that's sort of on a case-by-case basis because most of the time when you ask, the first thing they say is, no, we have to provide everything. I know. And it seems
1: like they just wanted me to pick from like two different things. Like, they were just really hoping that I'd like one or the other. They were like, oh. <laughs> they were like, because we have like 40 of them. Right. <laughs> you wow. know, and not too much else. Uh, that's the one of the other things I wanted to say too is that absolutely Save on Crafts, they have fantastic containers and um, a lot of things like branches. And I think that the price on those is fantastic. I've worked at shops before where it turned out Save on Crafts was less expensive than our wholesaler and we ordered from them. Wow. So. I will definitely say that they have fantastic prices if you can get anything from them to make on your own. I know that we were talking a little bit about lower cost centerpieces and maybe ones that aren't necessarily made out of flowers. And I mean, they've stood the test of time. I think branches are a fantastic substitution for for centerpieces that have flowers in them. I think just a simple cylindrical vase with some curly willow or some manzanilla, which is usually more expensive, so I I tend to go for the curly willow, or even white birch if it's a winter wedding. I think that's a beautiful substitution. Or even if you wanted to do maybe half of those and leave it up to the floral designer to make coordinating floral centerpieces on the other half of your tables,
0: I think that's a great option too. Yeah, that's a really good tip because you can get a lot of bang for your buck if you only put the fancy centerpieces on half of your tables. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. And then you kind of got the high-low thing too. If you wanted to, you can always do some nice tall branches on some of your tables and do some uh, nicer, more compact centerpieces on the other. I think that's a great option. You know, I also, I loved, I, I'm pretty sure it was your wedding. You were married in Morocco, right? Right. Was that yeah. your wedding? I loved your idea of having the cylindrical vases with the birds of paradise leaves in them. I thought that was a great, a really great, instead of altar pieces on either side, I thought that was perfect. It fit the theme of the ceremony location and it was nice and clean looking and modern and it was great.
0: And I love that it was such a big, it made such a big impact, but it was so inexpensive because it was just greenery.
1: Oh, and that grows like weeds in Florida. So I'm sure it was perfect for them.
0: They probably and cut them down. <laughs> I told them because they had quoted me so much money for alt arrangements. And then for even renting potted plants, they wanted 200 each to rent them. And I could buy one for 50 bucks at Ikea and keep it. So yeah. I said, could you just like go to the jungle cruise and cut down some banana leaves?
1: <laughs> yeah, there were birds of paradise leaves. And they those um, those birds of paradise bushes grow actually right outside the wedding pavilion. I remember taking pictures of them. Um, so I loved it. I thought that was that was really, really smart. And I would love to see brides get more into doing things like that. We don't do too many weddings where I am right now, but we are doing a wedding at the beach next weekend, next Saturday. And they're using, they're using half of the venues, silk flowers, cause they're very neutral. They're white and green and they're lower center pieces. So they're going to do half the tables, with the silk pieces already provided in the other half, they're going to do big emerald palm leaves, similar to what you did just a whole bunch of them in the big, tall cylindrical vase. Mm. So it will give the illusion of the room of having the half high, half low at, you know, a very low price.
0: Wow, that's great. Yeah, I thought that that was very cool. And you know, another way to save money on your personal floral is to have fewer bridesmaids because bridesmaids bouquets add up. And this is one of my greatest causes in the Disney weddings world is to convince people that having large wedding parties is going to cost you a lot more money and a lot more stress.
1: I cannot agree more. You always hear about girls when they have way too many bridesmaids. Not only is it causing them trouble financially, but it's causing them trouble Stress-wise, people are getting into fights, people aren't getting along. You also, of course, financially have to think about you're going to have to buy every one of them a bridesmaid's bouquet. That's your responsibility. And bridesmaid's bouquets can cost anywhere from 85 to $200, depending on what you want. So I would definitely say limit the number of bridesmaids. I had three, and it was the perfect number. And don't re- forget, you also have to buy each one of them a
0: gift as well. <laughs> Are you seeing any new trends lately in floral and decor for weddings?
1: You know, I want to say that for the last, last maybe six years or so, girls got really into doing like the burlap and the lace that it's been very like vintage and, um, you know, the Mason jars and, and that kind of whole vibe. And it's definitely still popular and everyone's kind of gone away from those tight bouquets that like we talked about before, maybe are just made up of all roses, and everything's all just kind of like smushed together. We call them roundy moundy bouquets (laughs) and gotten into these beautiful, very romantic looking free flowing kind of bouquets with different types of hanging greenery and garden kind of flowers. I have to assume that's why the garden rose has been so hot and in such demand and, uh, just very romantic and elegant looking. So that's been really, it's been really beautiful. I've really enjoyed doing that.
0: And is that maybe less expensive than, a, you know, a straight rose bouquet or something because you can mix in greenery or smaller flowers that aren't as expensive?
1: Yes. When that started, it's those kind of bouquets are constructed very differently. I don't want to do- bore you with the details, but the way that those bouquets are actually constructed is, it's going to sound crazy, they're constructed with chicken wire. So what we do is we take chicken wire and we kind of shape it into a small oval shape and we start weaving the stems through the chicken wire. And what it does is it allows us to use less flowers because it spreads everything out a little bit more and it makes the bouquet larger. And it also it allows us to place the stems where we want them to go without them moving. So it's a really fantastic kind of bouquet and I definitely think it it is very budget friendly because there's more greenery and you can use a lot less flowers.
0: Do you have any other tips for Disney brides who are trying to keep costs down or, you know, get more bang for their buck at Disney with floral and decor?
1: I would say like within reason, it's a good idea to try to do some things yourself. Nothing that's going to keep you up until 2am the night before, but it definitely is good to try to do some things yourself. I know that their favors are are really pricey and oftentimes you can find a local shop to do the something very similar for less
0: I liked what you said earlier. Maybe you can expand on it about not being married to a specific, you know, these five flowers and it has to look exactly like this, but giving them more of an overview of this is a feel I want.
1: I would definitely suggest the bride be flexible. Always try to keep the line of communication between you and the floral designer open as well. Ask them what they think. Ask them what they would use. Ask them what they think might go with this better. Of course, they want to get a feel for what you like, but they have also they also know what works, and they also know what would be more budget-friendly to you, so I definitely think it's always a good thing just to, to keep asking them what they think, and unless there's a flower that is very meaningful to you, like my grandmother had a gardenia in her bouquet, so I really need to have a gardenia in my bouquet, I would say to be flexible. <laughs> I met with a bride last week who loves calla lilies. And uh, her color is burgundy. And I said, we can do these beautiful burgundy calla lilies and we can use the calla lilies make fantastic boutonnieres. So let's use them for the groomsmen and for the groom. I said, but when it comes to the bridesmaids, maybe let's cut those calla lilies out of their bouquets because they really don't need the calla lilies. You're the bride. So let's just keep them in your bouquet. And I think you're going to be a lot happier with the price if we leave them out of the bridesmaids. And uh, she definitely agreed. So that worked out really nicely. And she understood.
0: That's a good point. So since you are a florist, but you had to use Disney for your floral and decor because your reception and your dessert party were inside the theme parks, what did you choose for your floral?
1: <laughs> I live in New Jersey, but my parents drove down, me and my and my husband and and kids flew, but my parents drove down, so I ended up having them pick up flowers from my wholesaler and drive them down. So I did my own personal flowers the night before which was fine. It wasn't a big deal. I only had three bridesmaids. I was happy with what they did for me in the living seas. What we did was we had, I guess, about 24 inch tall and five inch across cylindrical vases that had sand in the bottom with some lights pointing upwards. So it had a nice glow to it and some seashells and some bare grass swirled inside of it. And then they did these uh, lovely toppers that were nice and tight made up of blue hydrangea, blue thistle, these beautiful coral roses, And zebra grass coming right out of the top to give it a really nice height. So I thought they were beautiful. I thought they did a great job. I actually thought they were very reasonable. I think the topper was $75, each one of them. So I thought they did a really nice job. It was very sweet. Sarah, she was my floral designer, and she even sent me pictures the day before and said, do you think they're coming along nicely? So that was really nice, and they knew that that was important to me, so they kept checking up on me and sending me photos to see how things were coming along, so I thought that was really sweet.
0: That's awesome.
1: Oh, and actually, I really wanted to say that I thought they did a really fantastic job decorating um, the yacht club gazebo for us too. I had this idea where I wanted them to kind of string up natural color fish netting, kind of like uh, different sides of the of the gazebo with clusters of flowers holding them up in our in our colors, and they did a great job on that. They actually put it up on their Pinterest, I guess they like to too.
0: That's awesome. Did you do any decor at Italia Sola for your dessert party? You know, I was
1: really happy that we decided to kind of cut back a little bit on the decor. We got a little carried away thinking about decor for it with maybe different linens or different chairs. And at the end of the day, I decided it's going to be dark out. It's going to be towards the end of the wedding. There's dessert. And there is an open bar and no one's going to care what's on the tables. (laughs) So we ended up just doing um, the shorter cylinders with like the blue gel and the lights inside. And it was the perfect amount of light on each table for everyone to kind of see what they were doing. And the linens were black and chairs were black, which comes standard. And I think that's all you need.
0: Right. You heard it here, folks, from a professional florist. You don't need a lot of decor at your dessert party. (laughs) I thought it was gorgeous. And the buffet itself is beautiful,
1: too. There's so much to look at.
0: That's awesome. So where can my listeners go to learn more about you and your floral business? They can go onto our website, and that's
1: PetalStreet.com, P-E-T-A-L-Street.com. How easy is that?
0: Well, Alexia, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me this evening. I think this has been really helpful for anyone who's planning to do any kind of floral and decor at their Disney wedding, especially if it's a wishes event and especially if they're trying to save money. So I appreciate your taking the time. Of course. Thank you for having me. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at disneyweddingpodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's fairy tale weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoon's Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passportercom weddings.asp or in print at Passporter.com and Amazon.com.